Welcome back, football fans, to My Hats Off podcast. It's Mark Tribble here from Studio B with Rod Self. We are excited for another season here. I know everybody's ready for NFL kickoff. Um, you know, it felt, felt like it's a good time to kick this thing off too, Rod. Um, plenty of action we have to cover in terms of what happened this week, and I think the theme right now in terms of football, not just in South Jersey but everywhere, is what exactly is happening. A lot of upsets, a lot of crazy things. I know if you sat at home yesterday and you were cruising through the scores, your eyeballs probably popped out looking at some of the high school scores. Same way if you were looking at the college scores. A lot of you took a lot of ribbing, Rod, um, about my Hokies losing to Old Dominion. I'm not hearing it this morning. Um, you know, you, <laughs> Old Dominion, look, they're part of um, the Sun Belt Conference in the East Division. Let me tell you who else is in that division. <laughs> Let's just go through blow by blow real quick. I had to take my. I we'll bring it up on Wednesday too with Mac. I had to take my. Uh, I had to take my shots, and I did. Georgia Southern is in that division. They beat Nebraska yesterday. Appalachian State is in that division. I believe they beat Texas A and M yesterday. You know the other one. Um, it's tough for me to tell, but, you know, the, the gold helmets threw me off. I guess that was Notre Dame that lost to Marshall yesterday. Yes. The thundering herd. Okay. Green and white look great. But, um, hey, not to mention Bama sneaks by. That division, by the way, I was looking before the show, Rod. It also has Coastal Carolina, who was a top 15 team a couple years ago. Yes. And James Madison, my sister's alma mater who uh, was a national champ and uh, I don't know what you call it. What do we call it? FCS. FBS. And now they are uh, in the FBS. So, yeah, pretty good, pretty good division. Pretty good division. But a lot of upsets yesterday. A lot to wake up to today and digest. In South Jersey, some notable results um, yesterday. Woodbury handed it to Pensgrove on the road. Salem rolled over Pleasantville at home on Walnut Street. I know you saw Pensauken take it to Eastside, and that was on the D2 Sports Network. Ocean City wins on the road against Cedar Creek. Cherry Hill East wins as well. Congratulations to Coach Tyler Drob for his first win. Uh, it's crazy season. We're going to go into some of the stuff on Friday too, Rod. I, I don't think there's any way to predict what's going to happen week to week right now. Yeah, it's a little difficult. We're trying to figure out who's who, who's the guys um, that are going to step into those roles that some of the, you know, older guys are not kind of getting used to. And this happens every year. Yes. Especially early in the year, this happens every year, where we're, we're looking at teams trying to figure out who they are, what's mm -hmm. their identity, and what's the next team to take that leap and who's going to kind of take control of this South Jersey football top-tier football program yeah we don't really know right now uh tom mike derek good to see you guys thank you as always for tuning in usually you have the camera pointing at you rod during that time while i'm drinking my coffee now i sit here i'm looking i'm like watching myself watching myself um we'll get there it's the first you know this was hey anthony how are you um i know you're excited about the rams getting back in the wind column yeah go ahead Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Throw that in there. But then again, you know, you look at the Buckeyes, they basically did what Marshall did. You guys are basically on the same. You beat Notre Dame. Congrats. Um, <laughs> oh, I know my buddy Tom McGurk is not happy this morning. Um, a big Irish fan. Although he is in first place in our fantasy baseball league, so I know he's very happy about that. Uh, he'll switch the topic real quick. Uh, hopefully green and white is good today as well um, as the birds open up the season up in Detroit. It's no secret that they have a lot of high expectations, but as we've learned so far this season, expectations mean absolutely nothing. you got to go out and earn it. Uh, we'll see what happens in Detroit. Uh, we started this podcast last season, Rod. I, I thought it went really well. We, we had some in the offseason as well, but this would be the official kickoff to our season two uh, for the Hats Off podcast. 
season two in full effect, man. Uh, as we did last year, as we get going here and, and get our sea legs under us, we will have on some of the hat winners join us in studio or via the phone. Uh, the guy who got it this week, Jared Shoppy, impressive, impressive kid from Delsey, senior linebacker, fullback. Uh, they beat Winslow 35-21 to 21 on Friday. He had 70 receiving yards, 76 rush yards, and three touchdowns. You know, in that wing T offense, they threw it four times. They completed all four of 108 yards. Shoppy was uh, incredible in terms of running the ball and the big catch late, which kind of set things up. It was a back-and-forth game. There was not a lot of defense. Penn State coach James Franklin was in the house, um, I believe, to look at Mr. Shakur of Winslow and to see his buddy Bill Belton and Christian Hackenberg, two, two uh, Nittany Lions. So, you know, it was a, it was a back-and-forth game the entire time. But really where things changed was Dom Teddy of Delsey had a kickoff return for touchdown. Jimmy Wilson, okay, so the score at this point is 21-14. to 14, It's in the third quarter. Mm -hmm. uh, Jimmy Wilson made an excellent play, scrambled in for 36 yards or 35-yard touchdown. Um, and then the next thing you know, it looks like Winslow really had all the momentum in the world. Special teams, special teams, special teams. We've talked about it all season on our Wednesday show with Coach Mack. We've seen it affect every, a lot of the games we've seen so far. Um, Dom Teddy takes a kickoff to the house, 82 yards. So now it's 28-21, right like that, after a key drive for Winslow. And the next drive for Winslow, Jimmy drives them down, and they end up getting stopped on fourth and short at the three. Soon after, that 55-yard pass to Shoppy sets up Delsey for the final touchdown. Very close. 35-21 is not indicative of how close the game was and how back and forth it was. I think uh, Delsey, you know, we had him ranked in the football frenzy rankings at number two. I think that they still warrant that ranking. I was impressed with everything they did. Um, and again, you know, attention to special teams, the difference between taking the momentum changing it around and not and it has been brutal through the first few weeks uh anthony yes james hill of woodstown shout out to the wolverines uh, they beat paulsboro for what i believe is the first ever win over paulsboro 18 and nothing a friday night talk about marcus freeman at notre dame starting out 0 and 2 kevin harvey at paulsboro uh, starting out 0 and 2 and they have a big one next week at woodbury 10 30 a.m Saturday morning. So, you know, look, there's a lot of football to be played. Um, we're catching up a little bit more on North Jersey and what's going on up there with the Publix. So we got a pretty good beat on that. I know Westfield beat Union yesterday in a big rivalry game. Our guy Dwayne's not on here yet, but we will uh, hopefully hear from him soon. Um, another good game was East Orange and Irvington. I think it went to double overtime. Irvington won 27-21. There's a lot of good action out there as the season starts to, you know, I guess find its footing. I don't know. Each season is different. It has a different identity. And uh, we'll see what this one is. Yeah, Jabril Mace, here's a kid. You know, we saw him at Battle at the Beach. And his teammate, uh, Jamie Tyson, stole the show there. He got the hat uh, in a big blowout win over EHT. But Mace was good in the game. I've heard nothing but rave reviews about him on and off the field. I saw him that Sunday. He was at the Holy Spirit Cherokee game, which Holy Spirit won by three in that week zero uh, contest. Probably one of the best games we'll see this year. And he said he was out to see this guy that they said was ranked ahead of him, Bam Berea. And he kind of chuckled like, you know, how could anybody be ranked ahead of me? We love Bam. We had Bam on the show last year. Unfortunately, Bam didn't get to play on Friday. Um, but Cherokee came away with a big win. But Mace, Villanova commit, is just out uh, to make a statement, and he made one the other night, man. They rolled over Oakcrest. It's a blowout. They have a big one this week, too, with Atlantic City. Um, I don't know, Rod. I mean, it's a lot. Next week's matchups are, are interesting because there's a lot of teams that can get right. They have opportunities to do that. I don't know that one matchup jumps off the page 
sometimes we have those one versus two matchups or you know a top five top ten matchup a matchup I'm really intrigued and I might even go out there I'm trying to I want to figure out exactly where I'm going but Two teams I haven't seen in a while, Rod. Rancocas Valley and Timber Creek, both undefeated. Yeah, that that's one that um, I'm pretty pretty happy about. Uh, first, first with the RV Chiefs, right? I mean, yeah. I saw those those guys in the summertime, and that was my sleeper program, the one that uh, I felt like they could reel off a couple early wins. Yeah and then hit their groove. Coach is doing a uh, great job over there. And then, of course, the creek. Yeah. You know, it's always good to see the creek back. Um, can't I mean, what they did this week versus Willenboro, I mean, that was kind of – it sent the ripple through South sure. Jersey. I mean, there are other two wins. They were good wins, but they weren't as loud as this Willenboro mm-hmm. win. So now we're kind of starting to keep an eye on on the bolts over there, the, the Chargers, to see uh, – how things work out for them. Yeah, and the fact that you have, you know, two programs that traditionally, at least when I started covering ball in South Jersey, um, let's say eight years ago, two teams that you expected to be in the top of the top when the rankings came out, you know, when we went through the rankings. RV, certainly a storied history. Um, and Timber Creek as well. You know, I, I just like that they're both back in the mix. Um, that's it's. I thought about that at Delcy this weekend, Rod. You know, I hadn't been down to Delcy since, I guess it had been three years. Um, Aiden Borgett was there as running back last time I was there, and it was good to to make it back down and see. You know, just place that has uh, a lot of fond memories when it comes to the football field. Brandon, I'm glad you're in here, man. I saw your brother, two of your brothers on Friday night. Hope all is well. Uh, Marcus, yeah. So Marcus says Salem's back on a mission, and I I think that that loss to Camden that they had at the Rumble at the Raritan is only going to serve to help them. And a lot of losses this year, we say that. That should help them in the long run. And really, it's up to the teams if it's going to help them. I know someone had mentioned to me they thought Pleasantville had a, had a shot to pull the upset on Saturday. Um, nowhere nowhere near it. Matt Best says Cedar Creek and Eastside on Saturday is a season-defining game. Um, Cedar Creek, they're one and two out of the shoot. Eastside, zero oh and two out of the shoot. I don't think that it, I don't. I'm not sure if that's this week. I think it is. That might be. I think it's that, Saturday. Is it Saturday? I believe so. I thought they I had, had Willenboro. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Either way, um, when they play, it is. You know, this is seeing the teams in the off season uh, talking to the coaches. I don't think anybody would have marked down that we'd see these teams at. Uh, the current records, one win between them through five games. Um, they are two teams that, you know, if you remember the games last year, especially the infamous final at Rutgers, um, it is next week? Yeah, it's at, it's next week, 12 p.m. At the Creek, right? Per uh, NJ.com. And then the following week is Willenboro. It's at Cedar Creek? At Cedar Creek, yep. Yeah, last year's infamous game, you know, there's a different cast of characters this year. No question about it. Um, however, two teams that really, if you're east side, you do not want to be 0-3. And, and Cedar Creek, you lose kind of some backyard bragging rights to Ocean City this week. Um, as Amber says, they're, they're young. They're working hard. They never give up. Coach Melody accepts nothing less there, and I know Coach Brown's the same way up at Eastside. Two teams that, you know, recently have played in a lot of classics. I, the first time um, Coach Tim, former Coach Tim Watson got the hat 
or his team got the hat. He used to always give me a hard time about this. The first time it ever happened was at uh, Mike Rozier Stadium. Taylor Manning kicked in the game-winning field goal. Um, they've played some really interesting games back and forth, the two teams. Last year was no surprise um, with as good as they were, two classics. In the offseason, I know they tangled a couple times in seven-on-seven. Seven. There, there really is not a lot of love lost between them, but they have a, a genuine respect for each other. It reminds me of – kind of reminds me of when uh, you have teams in pro sports – or college sports that continually run into each other during times when they're when they're both uh, pretty solid. They might not be in the same division. They might not be geographically the same, but uh, it's always interesting. So they've established this kind of rivalry. So no matter what the records are, or what these teams go on to do, that will be a good game on Saturday at noon in Egg Harbor City um, down Cedar Creek. Pirates welcome the Tigers of Eastside. Marcus, is Shawnee the real deal? You know, from what we saw of him a couple weeks ago, Rod, I got to say it's a resounding yes. I was very impressed with their offense when we saw him. Quarterback Joe Papa got the hat. On Friday, their defense. Uh, they beat Lenape 14-3 in, you know, the first time those teams have played in – I, you know, I don't know, maybe ever, that it wasn't on Turkey Day. Good game. And then Shawnee, I believe this week, plays Cherokee. Right. Cherokee, you talk about season-defining wins. We'll see what happens. But without Bam against St. Augustine, it felt like that was going to be a tall task. Mm -hmm. They got it done. I think what happens um – we get kind of prisoner to the moment, right? Sure. Especially when it comes to Shawnee. Uh -huh. Let's not forget, Shawnee is in one of the toughest divisions. They may lose more than they win. Right. But come playoff time, we know exactly who Shawnee is. So early in the where – we're not used to seeing it early. We usually see them riding it out. Right. Um, and then in terms of, of of where they are, like, it's it's all a surprise. This whole yeah, season has been is. a surprise, you know. It's just been a, a, a complete surprise. Well, and the expectations, Rod, of Shawnee in the past, like when we saw them beat Eastside, it stood out to me that you know, we are used to seeing Matt Wells, who is a four-year starter, or he, he, he began starting the end of his freshman year. Um, phenomenal player, could run and pass with the best of them at quarterback in South Jersey. You're not really sure what to expect with a new quarterback, and Papa gives them a different identity. Not that it's better or worse, but it's different. They're going to run that quarterback, um, and he is a big kid. And Liam Gilmore is a missile at linebacker. And I think Steven Scuderi is, you know, one of the better offensive coordinators we have in South Jersey. He's done a great job with that team over the years and continues again this year. And speaking of Scuderi's, how about his dad, Dennis Sr., after Paul to six beats Cherry Hill West 10 to eight on Friday night, he was getting down, wasn't he? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe um, that that was Dennis Sr. You go, go and find that. They, they, sorry, Den, Den Jr. I'm sorry, Mike. Yeah. Dennis Scuderi Jr. is the OC at um, Shawnee. I apologize, Den. It's too early for me. Not enough <laughs> coffee. Steven Scuderi is the assistant at Paul to Six, who was watching those dance moves um, on Friday night. That was great. It doesn't take long to find that. You know, you know something is really good when you can just, I can just say, just, you'll find it. Or if you haven't seen it, then you're, then you're living it under a rock. They called it the, uh, they said he was doing the gritty, but it was more like the grampy. He was, <laughs> he was, he was getting it, though. <laughs> he was getting How great it. is that, man? Talk about guys who, <laughs> talking about guys who love football, being it this long. And to be dancing like that on Friday night after a big win, 
local rival. It's great. Um, yeah, there, there's. I agree, Marcus. The Shawnee Millville game is definitely double circled, red underline. The division that you talk about, how tough it is, and how Shawnee in the past has taken, you know, taken some lumps. I don't want to say lumps, but they're a Group Four school. Millville is a Group Four school with, you know, more talent than than most anybody across the board. St. Augustine is always as talented as anybody. Williamstown has had a great run, big school. Cherokee, Lenape. For Shawnee this year, you go down and look at that division. Now, I, I think Shawnee and Millville right now are the class of that division. Now, Cherokee, Shawnee next week. We'll see. Rivalry, throw out the records. Really encouraged what we saw from Cherokee on Friday night. Should be a classic uh, when those two get together. But this looks like a very, very good Shawnee team. I know what I wanted to say now. Yeah, go ahead. Um, when it comes to Cherokee, when it comes to teams like that that kind of depend on one particular player mm-hmm. uh, over the other, uh, especially coming into a new season, you, you tend to lean on – your guys who, you know, you're used to seeing them carry the load for you. It's a new season. So they were kind of dependent on Bam a lot. Mm -hmm. So I kind of feel like when Bam went out, it kind of allowed them to um, kind of figure out what may work for him. And within his injury, now they kind of figured out, hey, you know what? We can throw the ball. We can, you know, have the offense going without just, you know, mm-hmm. giving the ball to Bam every, yeah. you know, not every play, but you get what I'm saying. Like most teams kind of just depend on that one particular guy who's the best player coming in, like kind of like Brooks. Right. Like that loss against Irvington, I think it kind of showed Millville, hey, we got some other guys that we can utilize within the offense that can help us win some ball games. We don't have to just – depend on Brooks to make a play for us. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Millville got healthy in the right way this week. Rolled over Williamstown. Brooks had some big plays, a couple touchdowns, pick six. Um, You know, I think the biggest thing for me for Cherokee is a shout-out to their defense because this was a team that struggled – to stop the run or pass against Holy Spirit, give up more than 500 yards of offense in that game. Um, the next week, they struggled to stop the run against Hamilton, which, you know, Hamilton does not throw the ball very much. So you're going against a team in, in St. Augustine that, you know, has some weapons and you know they love to run the ball. You're able to hold them to 14 points. I think that. It says a lot about the character they have on defense. Um, it says a lot about the Chiefs, man. That's not easy. Yeah. I mean, down the stretch, um, they I believe they wind up getting uh, two or three sacks to kind of end, the, end mm-hmm. that game. So, yes, it was really good to see their defense step up, um, see the captain in the middle yeah. of that defensive line kind of, you know, anchor down and get – Two big plays in that game. That's a huge win for them. Huge. It is. Huge win. It is huge. And then we turn around and look at that Shawnee matchup. And we will definitely preview that in full on Wednesday night here at 7 p.m. with Coach Mack. Um, Rod, I think we'll take a brief break and come right back and start just keeping it up, man. There's a lot of football on the mind this morning. Uh, Thank you guys for joining us. Be sure to share this thing out uh, while we take a brief break. We'll be right back after this. Joe McColgan, Nick Strom, and John Darty have been part of a lot of wins in South Jersey football. They won on the field. Let them win for you in the game of real estate. With over $200 million in real estate transactions between the three of them and over 30 years of real estate experience, they're servicing anywhere in South Jersey, from the Philadelphia Bridges all the way to the Cape May Lighthouse. With one of South Jersey's fastest-growing teams, 
$29.5 million alone in real estate sales in 2021 and 22. First-time home buyers, seller consultations, relocations, rentals, downsizing, or if you're not quite sure how to get started in the process of real estate, give them a call for a free consultation at 609-314-9862. That's South Jersey Elite. They won on the field. Let them win for you in the game of real estate. Thank you to South Jersey Elite Realty Group for sponsoring the show this year, our presenting sponsor, guys who know a lot about football and, uh, you know, have, <laughs> says Strom needs to put the real estate on hold, come back and call some offense. <laughs> uh, Nick can do it with the best of them. There's no question about that. Um, yes, thank you guys for sponsoring the show. Joe McColgan could scheme a little defense. His son is AD at Pemberton. John Doherty is coaching at Del Ran. Um, oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Defensive coordinator. Mike McEwen is in the comments. Mike, I hope all is well, man. I know I talked to you yesterday. Um, this beautiful logo. We got our logo up here, Rod. I'm not that ugly. Right. I'm ugly, but I'm not that ugly. Unless I am. If I am, you guys will tell me. I know you will. Um, all right. We've got – we look down next week. I want to know what game you guys are looking forward to the most. I already said I'm, I'm looking forward to RV and Timber Creek. Uh, is, a, is definitely a matchup I want to see. It very well could be where I go on Friday. We'll see where the whole gang is. Uh, I thought the James Franklin thing was pretty cool. He helicoptered in. I, I think I've seen him at a game before, but I cannot remember which one it was. It's always neat when it, some someone helicopters in like that. Um, seemed like a nice guy. Kept to him. Tom Padgett, you have a face for radio. Well, there goes Tom Padgett's segment of the show on Wednesday. <laughs> scout these players myself, Tom. <laughs> you know, if you text me, it's one thing. You know, if you if you text me, it's one thing, Tom. But to pull that thing right up, right in the comments section, right. just yeah. like that's just a punch in the gut, in the side. Um, touchdown Club Banquet, President of the Touchdown Club of Southern New Jersey this year, Rod, and anybody who's interested in coming to the Captain's Banquet where Tom Padgett will be, our buddy Barrett Brooks who came on the show last year, is going to be the guest speaker. Be sure to uh, go to touchdownclubofsj.com if you want to get tickets to the banquet. It's $35 a ticket. It'll be at Adelphia, 6 p.m. on Tuesday night. Looking forward to honoring South Jersey's captains. Excited about that opportunity. When is the last time Paulsboro went 0-2? I'm not sure. You know who would know that, Anthony? Is Kevin Minnick, who's not... Joining us this morning, I don't know why, but we'll hold it against him. Um, I feel like a couple years ago they got out to a slow start. I'm not concerned about Paulsboro, though. They're a team that, you know, you expect they'll be there at the end until, they, until they're not. I think they've earned that much um, as a program. I'm, I want to see Woodbury. I really want to see Woodbury. You know, they beat Maple Shade in the opener. They beat West Defford in a tight one, 14-7 in week, I guess, week one, but it was their second game. And then, you know, really came together. The Solomons, Dominic Abitelli, uh, to cruise at Pensgrove yesterday. I want to see Woodbury. I want to see what they have. I'm, you know, that, that could be the target next Saturday, Woodbury and Paulsboro, 10.30 a.m. I don't know. Paulsboro's got to get right. That's a, obviously, it's a huge rivalry. Um, 
Paulsburg did start one and two in 2019, but not 0 and two. I can't go through gridiron fast enough to to figure it out. Somebody figure it out. Salem, Woodstown, Woodbury. Yeah. Well, Woodstown's got clicking. I mean, with James Hill and the guys they have on the line, James Hill's an incredible runner. He, I mean, he gets the job done. Yeah, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised um, just seeing how well they, they were in motion to get back on track from last year. Um, I think they're coming into this season with the purpose. They were a little upset that they lost last year and couldn't go on to the championship. So they definitely have a chip on their shoulder. Circle the game when they play Salem. That's kind of the the one that I think both teams are kind of waiting for. So it's going to be very interesting. But he's a uh, dynamic player, man. He's really he's really a dynamic player. Very underrated on the defensive side of the ball as well. So. He makes plays on that side. A lot of people just focus in on Hill offensively, but (laughs) you can mess around and throw a a little bubble screen or try to think you're going to pass on him, and uh, he'll, he'll, you know, make you pay for it. He's a really good player. Yeah. This year, you know, it got lost in the shuffle last year, as good as they were. Um, I know they lost to Paulsburg last year, and they just avenged that. But in the playoffs, they were, you know, they had first and goal, I think, with a chance to to beat Woodbury. And uh, they lost that game by two points, you know. So right. to, to a team that went undefeated to that point, mm-hmm. I think sometimes we look at the final result that Woodbury – hoisted that title. But then you forget about what Woodstown has coming back and that motivation of being just two points short. And, you know, when when you have a loss like that, man, for the seniors on the team, it'll gnaw at them the rest of their lives. For the kids coming back, it gnaws at them all offseason. They know they can do something about it. You lose a sectional final by two points? You had an opportunity. Like you were right there. Yes. Whew. And they're determined. And the fact that you have a good enough team to come back mm-hmm. and push forward again. You know, losing that as a uh, junior and your team's not, not all that good, you're kind of like, man, we let one slip. But knowing that you have a really good team coming back, most of your starters. You're, you're chomping at the bit all offseason. That's the motivation in the weight room. You know, when you're running hills and doing all your agility drills and everything like that, that's the that's the motivation to get right back at it. That's the motivation. Yeah. No question. Riverside 2-0. Justin Mary running back. Good for the Rams. Good for the Rams. Um, we know about Quentin Ives up there by the river and what he does for Palmyra at running back. So maybe Justin Mary is the next back up there in that area that's in the small school that's uh, putting himself on the radar. I like the birds today, Rod. I do. I don't know if it's yeah. I don't think it's going to be pretty, but I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna win. I think there's a lot being made of the Lions just because they're on hard knocks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, people are like, watch out like, for the Lions this year. Everybody likes And I'm the like, coach. <laughs> I have HBO too. So I hear you because you've been watching them unfold. I'm not saying the Lions can't win this game. They certainly can. But I, I think a lot of that is because of, of being on hard knocks. Um, because everything else that has to do with the Lions in their entire history suggests you don't need to watch out for this year. Season openers are weird in the NFL, same way they are in high school and college. There'll be some team today that wins. You think, you know, I, like I can do a survivor pool. Mm-hmm. Week one's the hardest week. I haven't changed my pick this morning. At first I had the Titans over the Giants. 
I'm like, I don't know, man. They got to adjust. You know, usually Derrick Henry gets his legs in the second half of the season. They got to adjust to life without A.J. Brown. Right. New coach, Brian Dable, going to, you know, have a lot of a lot of tweaks in the game plan, probably want to make a statement like Sirianni did last year against uh, the Falcons. Mm-hmm. So it's tough. I, I ended up switching it to the Ravens. Your suicide pools are dangerous, man. Woo. I mean, so, there's some call them suicide survivor pools. Yeah. I don't know the correct term, but um, they're always dangerous because week to week you have to figure out who you're going to play at certain points, and you have to look at the entire schedule. So you have to really pay attention to the game of football to figure out, all right, which is the easiest game to pick? So, I mean, one one year um, – <laughs> suicide pool, man. I got all the way down <laughs> to the last game, and and I picked a, a cupcake game. I think it was uh, the Patriots and the Dolphins, I think okay. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the one year the Dolphins were absolutely terrible, and they wound up beating they the won, Patriots. Yeah. I, man, I was just lost. I mean, we you know, gambling wasn't as – wide yeah. open as it is now Crazy. but thinking I, about it isn't it yeah I, I mean i was a little upset it was three three grand on the line i was like man you know i was thinking the patriots definitely going to win that game but I, but i lost my money i think that was the last time i gambled i don't, I don't gamble anymore yeah, i'm I out wouldn't either after that <laughs> i mean that's when you know you're not supposed to right if the dolphins you know it's probably one of those years they went like two and 14 <laughs> yeah they actually beat the patriots um yeah, it's tough, man. I think, like, my rule of thumb is I always look and see what the biggest lines are and then kind of, like, gauge it from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not it's not easy, and it's definitely not easy in the first week. I think one year I picked against the Jets for, like, eight weeks in a row, and that worked pretty well. <laughs> uh, but I think they'll be better yeah. this year. Whoever plays the Jets. <laughs> but I did go with who plays the Jets in the first week. Yeah, but you never know with the way you know green and white this weekend. Like I said, you had mainland on Friday night in the green and white, just like Marshall. Marshall yesterday. Maybe it's the Jets today. Hopefully, it's the Eagles instead. Yeah, both. Um. Yeah, shout out also to um, the guys who've been giving me the updates on what's going on across the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, key who how about a here's another big win we had kingsway now kingsway beats washington township on friday now washington township and they haven't played a lot we always give these stats you give the disclaimers but chuck langerman gave us this one last year i went back and looked uh washington township's first ever win as a football program was against kingsway in 1965 i think and they have not beat them since now, they've only played, I think, 10 or 11 times. It's like the Paulsboro-Salem thing, but still, it seems – first off, it seems weird they have not played that much with different conferences. And and school size, Kingsway now is bigger. It's bigger, yeah. Um, they just have not been able to get past Kingsway. And then Kingsway, on the other side, has not been able to get past Williamstown. Remember last week, Williamstown right. beat them again. And uh, – that was at Williamstown, tough place to play. And then Kingsway, Washington Township went there. It's like House of Horrors in Group Five, which which bears watching in the playoffs. Because if you get in a bracket, you never yeah. know. Township lost last year in the first round. They were upset by Lenape. Plays very similar style of defense to Kingsway, of course. Woj and Hendricks familiarity there. It's interesting, but a big win for Kingsway. And that was huge. They had high expectations, as rightfully they should. Come out of the gate slow. Lose that game to Williamstown and, and regroup. It's all about what are you going to take from these games and how are you going to improve. You're still making massive special teams mistakes in week six or seven. You're not a very good team. Right. Uh, and, you know, I'm not going at the coaches. Please don't take this wrong, coaches. But – you know, in week zero, that was kind of the excuse. We didn't have enough time to prepare, this and that. Some teams have played three games already. And they are still having those same issues. Right. 
Well, and, and that was important in talking to Sal Marquez after the win at Delcy on Friday night. To say, you know, we've seen such bad special teams play, and they were five for five on extra points. Winslow was three for three on extra points. So it was eight for eight on extra points on the night. And and uh Delcy's kicker is a weapon. Mm-hmm. We saw him warming up. I mean, he can he can boot it. But the kickoff return ended up changing the game. And it, you know, I asked him, special teams have been such a sore spot for so many so far. What's the difference for you? And he said, we practice it every day. Well, I think teams should lead off with special teams in practice. I mean, that's just me, rule of thumb. I mean, that's one thing that we do um, when I was coaching Mm -hmm. is I wanted to make sure that our special teams was really good because that is the thing that can – it switches the field. First of all, when you're able to punt the ball inside the other team's 20-yard line, right? Or even 30, really, in high school. It is extremely hard for high school teams to drive 80 or 70 yards consistently. So if you're able to punt the ball and flip the field position, that is a huge advantage. And then if you're able to kick field goals, this weekend I watched teams get inside of the 20-yard line Mm -hmm. and not kick the field goal. If you get inside the 20-yard line four times and don't kick field goals, you just left so many points on. That's 12 points that you could potentially get off of just kicking the field goal. That's that's a, a game changer. Now, instead of being up, let's say, um, by, you know, one score, mm-hmm. you could potentially turn a game into a two-score right. game or three-score game. Like, it just changes the thing. The game, so I mean, a lot of a lot of teams put their uh, their JV guys uh, on kickoff, and some of those guys don't particularly want it. Want to get that varsity contact? Those guys, you got to figure out who who can do that and how you can switch them on and off the field. But special teams are huge. It's one third of the game. Yeah. Look at. And we're going to take a quick break in a minute and come back and finish this show off. But look at the way there's one team that always has a guy on the Pro Bowl from the special teams. One team. They pay this guy year in, year out to just play on the special teams. Right. Slater in New England. Okay. Bill Belichick knows the importance, right? He has that guy. I mean, he mm-hmm. invests one one roster spot in a in the NFL with 53 man, which is you want to get the most out of every spot. And I was just listening today. Like the, like the birds don't have, and they might activate Covey, but like they are they no one knows who's gonna return the punts. They don't have a BB. It's it's you, like you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's different in high school too, but you know, like for me growing up watching Virginia Tech go from nobody to mm-hmm. somebody on the national scale based off special teams and defense. Literally, Frank Beamer put starters, his best recruits, his best players on the field for special teams. They blocked punt after punt after punt because the other teams were playing backups there. And it and it changed the program around special teams. Yes, it does. So uh, you know. I'll give you one more. Mm-hmm. My, my son's school, Assumption University, mm-hmm. Division II school, up in Mass. Yep. Right? How about they had two players make the Pro Bowl? Both players were special teamers. One was a long snapper, and one is, we all know DeAnthony Harris, yeah. just changed his name, but they both made the Pro Bowls from special teams. And then one won a Super Bowl because he was a long snapper. So the importance of special teams really needs to be paid attention to. A lot of times with teams, they just want to run plays. Hey, we just want to run plays. I get it. You want to run plays. But that one play that you don't practice consistently, how about snapping the ball? How about getting somebody on a team that can long snap the ball consistently enough Mm -hmm. that we don't see teams getting touchdowns because of punt was snapped 40 yards over his head 
and the team gets the ball right at the 10 yard line or the five yard line. So those are the things like we overlook them because they're not the big splashy plays. Mm -hmm. But those are the plays that keeps you in games, especially when you're playing a Millville. Yeah. Make them start 80 yards. Don't give them half the fill. You you get what I'm saying? I, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm on a rant. No, I, it's a good, no that's a great too. point. And, and lost yardage that you don't see. You know, there are, as the game has evolved and there's more trust in kickers and punters, we've seen more kickers and punters rise up through the high school ranks if mm -hmm. they've been kicking from the time they were younger or it's something that they've practiced. Well, you know, if you're a kid who wants to play football, if you can fair catch the ball 100% <laughs> of the time, you are going to play when right. you get to high school level. Lost yardage in terms of the ball bouncing, everybody just yells poison oh, because you oh can't trust the returner. If there's traffic, it's a short punt, which it usually is. The ball bouncing and bouncing and bouncing. You know, sometimes it, it helps you, but sometimes it doesn't. Right. When you're kicking end over end and it goes, it could roll, to, and especially on turf, 10, 15 yards. That's saved yardage if you have someone you can trust to fair catch the ball. And thinking about it earlier today with, you know, with the birds, I remember when Greg Lewis was the punt returner against Green Bay because they said, oh, well, we don't have one. Mm -hmm. Greg Lewis can do it. Anybody who remembers, he could not do it. <laughs> he could not do it. Cost him the game. And then I think, I think, I could be wrong on this, but the next week, they signed Reno Mahe back. And his job for however many years was just to fair catch punts, basically. And, you know, Greg Ward did the same thing last year. So special teams is important. Uh, we'll take a quick break, come back and wrap up the show. Hang tight, share this thing out. We'll be right back after this. Joe McColgan, Nick Strom, and John Darty have been part of a lot of wins in South Jersey football. They won on the field. Let them win for you in the game of real estate. With over $200 million in real estate transactions between the three of them and over 30 years of real estate experience, they're servicing anywhere in South Jersey, from the Philadelphia Bridges all the way to the Cape May Lighthouse. With one of South Jersey's fastest-growing teams, $29.5 million alone in real estate sales in 2021 and 22. First-time home buyers, seller consultations, relocations, rentals, downsizing. Or if you're not quite sure how to get started in the process of real estate, give them a call for a free consultation at 609-314-9862. That's South Jersey Elite. They won on the field. Let them win for you in the game of real estate. My hats off podcast here at Studio B with Rod. I just put a little note in here, top storyline for next week. Um, go. I want to hear what some of them are. Special teams, Matt Best. Yeah, it's true. Who can shore up their issues on special teams? Because Lord knows we've seen a lot of issues. Um, you know, that thank you for coming to our TED talk. Um it's a, it's a kid that I want to give a shout-out yeah, to. Yeah, please do. Um, That's what we're here for. I want to make sure I get his name right, so I'm trying to mm -hmm. look up his name. But he's the kicker for Pensalk in high school. The kid had four touchbacks. Four or five touchbacks. Nice. And I'm not talking about, like, just just hit the tip. Right. I mean, he was really He's got a boot. Ball. Yes, he was. Yeah, really he kicked ball. last year for them, I think. Yeah, he was really uh, – he was very impressive to me. Uh, kicking the ball off. And, th and that, again, I mean, you see the lops lopsided score that they have versus the east side. Yeah. Like, that was a major part of it when you're starting every drive from the 25 or the 20-yard line. Like, that's that, that was huge. But I just wanted to give him a shot. Yeah, it is huge. To make a team go 80 yards is uh, difficult. It's, it's Sean Rulo. Sean Rulo. Hats off to Sean Rulo. Rulo. Yeah. Big win for Salkin. Um I gotta see who they have next week. I got you right now. You got me? Of course you do. Um, 
they have Burlington Township at seven o'clock at Burlington Township. Okay. Yeah, I was at that that's game last six, year. That's on the sixteenth. That's on the sixteenth. I was there last year for that game. Um and that was a game I thought Salkin had a shot, but mm-hmm. Anthony Johnson was too much. Then he came in and joined us. He's at JMU now. He's in the Sun Belt's Eastern Division. Mm-hmm. Um, Darren Wu, Shawnee, oh, yeah, big time kicker, punter. Oh, he's he huge is leg. the best. Right? Huge leg, yes. Yeah. He's an all South Jersey type of kid. Last year in Touchdown Club, he was first team, I think, for punting. Yeah, I gotta get I gotta give this one. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go say ahead. this, man. It was he we didn't see it yesterday. But the fact that when Woodrow Wilson oh, played God. against, yeah. you know, Shawnee, uh, yep, it's huge that they kicked say. two field goals. People may laugh at that, but for for ten to kick two field goals for, did I say did I say the WW yeah. Eastside High School? For him to kick two field goals is really huge. So they they are starting to pay attention to some of the special teams as well. Sorry about that. Well. You're right, though. I mean, we joked about it. <laughs> I almost put an asterisk by the score when we tweeted out the score that, yes, Eastside has seven points. Right. Maybe first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. Not eight and not six, but seven. Um, yeah, that, that matters. It, it certainly does. Um, you know, one thing I want to impress upon the folks who watch the show, be sure to Send along your ideas week in, week out. We appreciate your comments. Um, and that way we can – this one we can kind of design it how we want mm-hmm. as we go. I think it's important to get some North Jersey flavor in here. So we're coming together as one state. You guys know how I feel about that. Um, also, I know we have a lot of kids in that eighth grade level, seventh grade level that are really killing it uh, on the youth fields when that season starts. I know some of those games are Sunday. But please feel free to send along stats, scores, or come here and talk about it during the show. Um, we want this to be a forum for everything South Jersey football and, lo- and local football, high school, college, pro, whatever. That's what we're here to talk about. Tyrone Pierce, thanks, Tyrone, uh, for watching and commenting as well. Millville's kicker is perfect this season on extra points of field goals. Jaden Reynas, I believe is his name. Huge. Yeah, good kicker. Special teams has been the theme of this this last 20 minutes or so, but the overarching theme, if you missed the beginning of the show and go back and watch it, or uh, you know you can listen if you're on Spotify or, or Apple later. I guess if you're listening on Spotify or Apple later, you've already listened to the beginning of the show, but just that everything is upside down right now. We don't really know what's what. The beginning of another football season. Yes. And my, my question to yeah. just the fans is, as far as, like, standout teams, mm-hmm. like, who are those teams? And how will that, you know, produce throughout the season to, to come down the stretch? Right. We haven't really – I mean, Camden won, but they, they played out of state. Right. So they played a Sterling team. They beat Salem. Are, are they one of the, the, the top teams? Is, is Millville that team? You know, because right. years past, by week four, which we'll, we're, well, we're coming into week three, but by the fourth game, we kind of know who those top teams are. So are we at that point yet where people are starting to separate themselves? Well, and just looking at the rankings we had last week, um, I'm just going to go through them. If I could pull them up here. Let's see where they are. I think we did a decent job. I think we started out uh, up at number one was, of course, Millville. Yeah, one was Millville. Right. Two was Delcy. Three was Camden. Four is Spirit. We didn't even talk about Spirit. They lost to St. Joe in a holy war. That's a topsy tur. I mean, that's one that I don't think a lot of people saw coming just based on what St. Joe had done the week prior against St. Augustine. St. Augustine, yeah. So, you know, that, that was interesting. Spirit... Spirit plays Washington Township, I think, this week. This is that a, was a game where last week, you start looking ahead, you think... This is a big game. That's going to be a huge game. It's just, and Now it still is a big game, but for a different reason, right? Right. Both teams got to get right. You don't want to have a two-game so, skid. So looking at your um, at, at the rankings, yeah. and they, they were pretty close 
across the board, right? Uh-huh. To everybody that top ten, depending on it, it didn't depend if you had one seven and one four. Right. It is what it is, right? But you you lose St. Aug out of the top ten, right? They lost. They were at five. And yeah. so your four and five teams both lost. They both lost. We had Salem at six. Salem at six. Mm-hmm. Shawnee at seven. They won. Okay. Washington Township at eight. They mm-hmm. lost. They lost. Hamilton at nine. They they won big. Mm-hmm. Winslow at ten. They lost. Mm-hmm. Down a lot of guys. I mean, they lost to our number two team. I mm-hmm. think that's 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 fair. I mean, and then Haddonfield at eleven. Haddonfield was off. So you figure four out, four out of the ten or four out of the eleven you know, lost to other good teams. There were three teams. Yeah, good teams. Good teams, right. right. And teams that could be in or could not be, you know? Teams that just started slower, right? Kingsway loses at Williamstown. If Kingsway had beaten Williamstown, they would have been ranked. They would have been up there. Right. They probably, you know, but lost that opener. Cherokee lost two right. games to teams we had on this list. And then... Saint Augustine, and then uh, I'm sorry, Holy Spirit lost to Saint Joe, and Saint Joe lost to had played one game one, and one they game. lost to Saint Augustine. So, you know, I think when we evaluate these teams week in week out, the flexibility of the rankings is pretty key mm-hmm. based on they're playing each other for the most part. Um, you know, so I think Camden, when you look at their schedule or Haddonfield, they might not play a lot of top 11 teams that's just the way their division shakes out this Mm -hmm. year but like st augustine cherokee shawnee lenape williamstown millville all play each other you're you're exactly right and and what happens is i think sometimes we're prisoners of the moment and we we definitely are you know we get stuck in wanting to believe that well we haven't lost right but there is a little bit of reality Within mm-hmm. that, you can be an undefeated team, but that doesn't necessarily mean you you would beat a team that may be zero and two at the moment, because right. that zero and two team may have lost to the, the, the two best teams right. in the rankings. Right, and that eye test exactly of what you've seen. So to see Delcy last week, I we knew what they had coming back. We knew how good they were last year mm-hmm. and the year before. Um, to see them has a lot of importance, right? Because, and Shoppy, Jared Shoppy even said after the game, you know, last year we didn't play anybody and they didn't play a game within 21 or 24 points until they lost in the playoffs. Right. They pounded everybody. Now their semifinal, their sectional semifinal was canceled. Wall had to forfeit mm-hmm. that. But he said, like, that's not fun. We want to play good teams. We want to beat good teams. And uh, that's what they did, you know, against Winslow. But now they have measuring sticks. Next week, they go to Ocean City. Mm-hmm. There's another one for both teams. Right. When you it, – it is a prisoner of the moment situation because they're weekly, right? And that's one thing that is why we don't do rankings during the playoffs. We cut them off at the beginning, and then at the end you go back through because – what what one team might do one week a close playoff win then they might go on and win a championship right so you don't want to have them say well they might be number eight then they win a championship two weeks later they're number one right um you know you kind of kind of maneuver that i think it's more difficult for the teams that aren't in those divisions and don't have those tests every week like if you're haddonfield you're a great team and i and i think the haddons are really really good but Week in, week out, you know, they might beat a team they we think they should handle, and mm-hmm. they might handle them the way they should. But what if, you know, Cherokee beats Shawnee by three touchdowns? Then suddenly it's like, whoa, we got to move Cherokee up. Mm-hmm. They just beat Shawnee. You know, so it does make for a little bit on uneven uh, footing. And I think this year you're going to see a lot of – um, teams going up and down, up and down, just because of the inconsistency of those teams. There are a lot of young teams. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at the game yesterday, something comes to mind when I talk about young teams and inconsistent play. 
is yesterday on Woodrow Wilson, they had one guy. Eastside. On, oh, you did it again. Jeez, I got to put another we five. Need a tip jar. Another five in the jar. That's right. But yesterday watching Eastside, they had one guy on the field that had varsity experience. You know, and that's that's huge. And I'm seeing that with a lot of teams. Um, some teams, like you said, may not have played those bigger uh, competition teams or, or competitive teams, mm-hmm. what, however you want to phrase it. But it, it, it makes for interesting football, and you're going to get a lot of up and down because, you know, kids have to figure out who they are. You know, you look at uh, the Camden team. They, gotta, they have to kind of figure out who, who are we? Right. What are we good at? Is, is Ruffin, you know, um, is he, is he a, a traditional drop-back quarterback? But he comes – he grew up playing wing T football. Mm-hmm. Do we need to run him a little bit. Like, how can we get him started? And I think a lot of teams are going through that. Even, like, we, we talked about, you know, um, Cherokee. They lose Bam. Everybody in the stadium is probably like, we don't have a shot to win this game because we don't have our best player. And then they figure out, hey, we could do some other things. So it's a bunch of teams that I think are trying to figure out who they are. Yeah, and, and that's, that's, that's what it really is. Another thing that stands out, Rod, at this initial glance before the season, we talked about group three and how tough um, it was going to be or seemed to be. Through three weeks of action, Eastside, you know, they have a couple guys out. We know that. Okay. They have their 0 2. You know, my Cedar thing. Creek is 1 and 2. Highland is off the map. And so Delcy and Camden are where, you know, I mean, we have them at 2 and 3, I think, in the rankings, and they're both very, very good. But look at 4. You know, Group 4, we said, might. Last year was so, so tough. But now, look, in-state, Ocean City hasn't lost in-state. Hamilton is rolling. Shawnee is rolling. Salkin's 2-0. Salkin plays Burlington Township, Trenton, Delram, Willingburg, Camden Catholic, Vineland. So, Salkin, they had a good year last year. Mainland's 2-1. They lost Ocean City by a point. Um. You know, and of course you have Millville. So Moorestown's three and zero. I just think you know Group Four now again this year looks like it's going to be nip and tuck all the way. Some of these teams are jockeying for position, jockeying for where they're going to be seated. In Group Four, that matters a lot. You know, like if you're a Mainland or you're a Salkin or. You know, you're one of these teams that wants to make that run that puts a print on the program. You know, Ocean City, uh, even Hamilton in recent years, Shawnee and Millville. Hey, look, man, they're they've been there almost every year. I know Hamilton was down a couple of years, but they were in those sectional they're big games. Mm-hmm. But now with Mainland, Salkin, um, some of those teams, they're looking to take that next step and put a print on a program and group four is pretty tough this year so it's seating is going to be very important it's going to be important yes it is yes it is all right rod let's wrap it up man uh thanks again to studio b roderick self d2 sports network uh for putting us on here sully at south jersey thank you sully uh appreciate the platform we'll be back every sunday morning at 9 a.m through the season we're going to try to bring on uh, some of the hats off winners through the season and interview them in studio live you can find this thing on youtube uh, obviously you can share it here as well and it'll be on spotify and apple and all the streaming platforms as well right uh, it's going to be another great year thank you also to south jersey elite realty group for your sponsorship of the show any parting shots rod uh, just YouTube, anybody watching on YouTube, uh, the next coming weeks, we will open the chat up for YouTube so we can read off those uh, those comments as well. Um, that audience is is building up pretty good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, nah, I just want to thank everybody for supporting uh, everything that we're doing. Huge in South Jersey when you go out and, 
you know, you meet people and they, they finally put a, a, a face with the name. So, um, you know, thank you guys. It's the yeah. fans. It's the people that support what we're doing. It is. And if you do, share it with your friends. And I know a lot of you guys are in tight-knit football fan communities in South Jersey. Um, and, and how about this, Rod? Our guy – oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm giving audio. <laughs> Tyrone waits until the very end. He it's a go Cowboys, says, right? Go Cowboys. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> That's just like a Cowboys He's fan. He's smart. Right? He didn't say it in the beginning. <laughs> he didn't say it in the beginning. Uh, we'll see you guys Wednesday night here for the South Jersey Football Frenzy Show. Myself and Coach McEnany, as we reviewed last week, and look forward to this, this week's big games. I want to say go Birds. Thanks, Hokies, for getting in the win column last night. OH. That's OH from Rod. <laughs> um, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for supporting. It's been my Hats Off podcast. See Wednesday, then Sunday, then Wednesday, then Sunday, and then Fridays and Saturdays. We'll be everywhere. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your day.